says, hey babe, take a walk on the wild side. Said, Regarding Lulu. So it was really, it was great. It was great. Sounds like a really good time. It really was. It was awesome. Yeah, we haven't been to a really good show like that in a long time. But I've never been to Red Rock, so I'd like to get out and check that out. Yeah, you know what? I gotta be, I'm embarrassed. I've not done it either. But you All know right, what? let's so do it together. A bunch of folks were out let's there. Let's do, the do it live. Do it live, live, baby. Do it live when the hail's coming. So a bunch of people got knocked out <laughs> earlier this week by golf ball, uh, like, you know, softball size hail. Yeah, there was a massive hailstorm during a show. And uh, I mean, like to there's, the point where there's no shelter, video, right? there's no, no shelter. Go. So people were running for it. They were evacuating because I mean, literally, it was like this big. A couple people got knocked out. A couple people sent to the hospital. People stranded because their cars got destroyed. Yeah, man, it was bad. And they posted pictures. Um, and it's like it looks like it snows after something like that. It looked like just a sea of snow out there. Amazing. And it was 80 degrees. You don't like the weather in Colorado. Wait five minutes. It'll change. Can I get a quick refill on the, my my go for lubation it. while you're your lubation? Go go doing your get, final setup. Get lubated, yes. Got my lubation. All right, and we're doing it live, pal. We got oh, a twenty-minute oh, song yeah. this week. Twenty minutes, nineteen minutes, twenty-eight seconds. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Regarding Lulu. We're here. We're live. We don't take any. We're doing it like live. Heard last time. We are doing it live every time. One take all the way through. Bullshit. Shit. We're just doing it. All right. Wait. I can't get back on that soapbox. I don't know if that was a soapbox or an empty box of gin. I don't know what what was up with old Bill O'Reilly. Did you, did you have a rough night last night, Jess? Oh, man. Dude, we had a gig and wow. Woo, what, yes. Was that the biker gig? Yes. Kickstart my heart, baby. We were just wow. going live. But anyway, before we get into all that, hi, everybody. I'm your co-host. Chaz Charles, welcome to Regarding Lulu. Uh, joining me is and my I am esteemed Greg colleague, Wolfie Wolf. Wolfie Wolf. Greg Wolfie Wolf is here. He's live in the house, and we're doing it live. In the house. You know what? No editing. We're going to go right through this one, Greg. So okay. let, let's get people right. No net. Oh, no. This is live without a net. Uh, it's my, my, my favorite band, Van Halen. Uh, stealing that from them. So... I'm all loaded up on my my Nando's and my uh, Lubations, and we are here to discuss the last track off of the album Lulu. That was. Can you believe uh, it? We finally no, made. It. I, I cannot. I, I'm this I'm actually in shock. I was a little all hesitant. comes together, right, Jess? <laughs> it this is where supposedly this is going to be the big payoff. I've been waiting for this. I cannot tell you how I've been oh. itching. Uh, because right, everything we've been told, the you know, the the couple of spoilers along the way in this journey, and it has been a journey for those of us who are just joining us. Greg and I are have gone down this path of listening to this album Lulu that was recorded by Lou Reed and Metallica in 2011. When it came out, I thought it was a piece of shit, and I just threw it away after one listen, maybe maybe one literally, and a half listens. You literally threw the vinyl. I literally, the well, it wasn't vinyl; it was a CD at the time, and well, uh, okay. Yeah, threw it out. Didn't even so it save did, it. It didn't take up as much space in your garbage, so that's good. It, well, it really didn't. And I might have even I might have even snapped it at the time. It was that bad. I might have you had some visceral reaction to it. Yes, and I didn't even keep the 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 cover art, which is things that that's something I've done with other CDs. I've gotten rid of. I've kept the cover art. Didn't even keep the cover art. I was like, nope, nothing redeeming about this. 
But and, and Greg's never heard the thing prior to this exploration that we're engaged in here. And I've never heard this track we're about to play today. So no, and I've I've never heard it either. And it's just uh you never made it all the way through the last track. You know, well, that's the thing. I was saying maybe I listened to it one time, one and a half times, but as we've kind of discerned, right? I mean, I think I only remembered up till the third or fourth track, and then that was it. I didn't remember you tuned uh, out. Yeah, pretty much. So I've just, you know, for the past 11 or 12 years, haven't thought about this thing at all. And uh, as we uh, got down to looking for subject matter in a podcast, this one became really, you know, the obvious choice. Let's let's listen to an album that pretty much was universally panned by everyone, including myself, not listened to. Let's do that together and, you know, think that we're going to build an audience. And so for the audience of three that are here with us, that have been with us on the journey, thank you. Our we, hardcore fans. Our, our real hardcore. Yes. That's uh, your wife. Your, uh, no, are you kidding me? No, wife. she bailed after episode one, like most yeah, everyone my, else. My when they heard what we were getting into but we stuck it out. And I think, you know, one of our, our, our listeners, uh, Nate from the Deep Purple podcast here on the Deep Dive uh, Podcast Network, uh, has was actually, uh, he's been so kind, he's actually created a t-shirt for us based on the Buffalo Chicken Wings uh, logo, uh, which is our Regarding Lulu uh, favorite place to sit and listen to uh, uh, Metallica in the background as we eat a plate of boneless wings, right? Or as we've decided, no, well, that's we've, actually we've not done our most of the podcasts from Buffalo Wild Wings. Is that true, Chess? Buffalo Chicken Wings? What's that? The Wild Wings uh, restaurants. We've done most. We've done most of them live at the. Well, Buffalo. you know, well, that would be. You know what? I mean, we can go ahead and say that because we live in this day and age when people just say whatever the hell they want and you know think it's the truth. But no, it would be false. No, it would be very false. And I think what we we figured out along the way, we have we've done we've. We dove into this and found out that you had, in fact, really, you know, never been to a Buffalo. Or, or maybe once, maybe once. Maybe, but, you know, your, your recollection. Let's call it no. So Let's call it zero, though. And right? we've got no recordings of you admitting that anywhere in your career. And it's not yeah. like you went and saved, you know, the empty wrappers or, you know, you know, you spent spent napkins or anything in, in like, a, you know, a, a folder or a file box and, you know, kept it in your bathroom or in your closet. You, we haven't found any evidence, Greg, is what I'm trying to get to. There's no evidence. You had actually done this, right? No evidence exists and no recordings, no admissions. We think, you know, a sketchy if, recollection. If I, now. Chaz, now there's you've sort of laid down the gauntlet a little bit here. If 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 I did in fact go, as I believe I did, maybe I believe I did, and there would and I probably in all likelihood I paid with a credit card, which I'd be quite certain that that's how oh, I would have okay. paid my bill. You see where I'm going, Chaz? There might be some evidence. There might there be, be some, some evidence. Some computer evidence oh. uh, in terms of a credit card transaction in my name oh. that occurred at a Buffalo Wild Wings. So, so, that's so I probably, should not besmirch your character here by saying forensically, forensically, we could probably track that down with the right forensic accounting uh, to find that uh, credit card transaction <sighs> in uh, 
the the servers uh, up in the you know wherever. Well, so. servers. I mean, you might have a COO or somebody you know because that was a business trip, right? So there might be yeah. people in your organization that could also maybe testify to the fact that you done this. There you go. That would be the easier way to do it is go back to the expense reports. Okay. So we would actually go back and clear your name if we were to explore that. So right now, you Which know, we're we, not we going to, but, but, but I'm just throwing it out there that, you know, you, you got to watch yourself because innocent there could until be proven evidence. guilty, right? There could be evidence. So there could be, so you're that innocent. Would, that would be guilty. enormously, you remember this. that'd be enormously embarrassing for you, Chaz, if that were to come out. You know what? It would be, but I would just call bullshit and I would just still continue to say that, you know what? No, you've never been there. And, you know, I don't care. You, and especially in this day and age, we could go deep fake on your receipts. We could go deep fake on your, uh, you know, we're, we're you, come on. Yeah, we're talking there is no reality. There really is no reality. In these. I don't even think there's a buffalo chicken wings anywhere. I, it's what, honestly, it's whatever whatever you make it is is your reality. But you know what the reality I, is? I definitely know I've never been to a Nando's. So. Nando's. <laughs> Well, and I have just never come had the back. peri peri sauce, dude. I have just come back from peri peri overload. I ate so much Nando's since we last spoke. It was insane. Everywhere that we went, that there was were Nando's. In, uh, Europe, though, right? I Correct. think, yeah, I think you were getting pictures and, and photo evidence of that all along the way. So I, I can definitely prove where I was and what I was eating. Well, those uh, those were definitely photoshopped. I, I could see that, but um, what I didn't do though, I wasn't listening to Lou Reed Metallica when I was over there uh, eating at the Nando's. I was just too consumed with the boneless wings and the and the peri peri sauce. And they bring out these nice filleted, you know, the, these uh, they they take the chicken fillet and then they cut it into a heart shape, and it's there on your plate, and it just says, "Eat me." Oh. It's so nice. Oh. Yeah. You know, give me give me your armpits. I want to smell your armpits. Put the vulva up there with everything on it. Put your fucking feet up on the table and eat me. That's what these say to you. Okay. I think you better explain to, to the listening audience. Oh, uh, where you're I'm going sorry. That was track nine, Dragon. I was just so taken with all the visuals that Lou painted for us. And that, folks, is what we've been dealing with the entire time. Very vivid images and and really, uh, I want to say. Um, there's a lot of violence. There's a lot of gore. Violence, there's a lot blood, of sex. Sex, all weird sex, too, right? Weird German kind stuff. Of weird sex. And, yeah, very German. German sex magazine, uh, we should clarify. So not all Germans are into weird sex, I'm sure, but some of their magazines clearly are. And um, yeah, that's what we've been faced with. And and and, and all this stuff tying back to a, a play that uh, Lou Reed you know, was drawing on for inspiration, uh, uh, collectively uh, called the, the Two Plays, written by Frank Wiedekind uh, in the, at the turn of the century. Um that uh, were uh, what he was in Berlin. He wrote these plays. Uh, it was called uh, collectively Lulu, and he drew on this to to basically give us this or the Lulu um, plays. I think maybe the Lulu plays and what what he what we've been drawing on and what he drew on to create this work of art. I think is where we're. I think we're well, at it's a work of art. I don't know if it's a hit. I think you neglected to mention, Chaz, one important factor, right, uh, in, in why we were drawn to come back to this recording. Why? Besides, you know, I think you gave you, you gave the the sort of the negative side that that you know it was it was when your original reaction when it came out was so negative. It's a shit. But, but uh, what about our friend David Bowie? Oh well, right. So yeah, let, let's go back to that context, right? So that's we, important. Hadn't hadn't listened to this thing in so long, but Lou Reed passed away, as we all know. He's no longer with us. And um, in his uh, after his passing, 
David Bowie approached Lou's uh, widow, Laurie Anderson, the famous artist. We keep saying the artist, Laurie Anderson. Um, and, you know, and that, that's how, how she's known. And, and what? Musician. Musician. Okay, so she's a musician as well. I, I mean, I don't know if you were using artist in, the, in a more broad sense, but she is a visual artist. Yeah, well. that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, pretty much like she's, that whole crowd that Lou ran. But with. I feel like she's more known for her music than her art, but I'm not totally sure of that. Yeah, me neither. But we do know that she really, I always knew her as a musician. Okay. And and you see, I didn't. So and, and again, right? So that's more context for the listeners here if you're jumping in at the very last track. Um, that yeah, I knew Lou, I, I knew, you know, a very cursory level of Lou Reed. Uh, you know, uh, take a walk yes. on the wild side, New York, you know, some of those records. Um, but it didn't really, whereas Greg is and has been a, a fan of Lou Reed for quite some time. But Greg didn't know any Metallica, whereas I am clearly a Metallica. Other than the, you know, the the big hits, the ones that I would listen to when I go to Buffalo Wild Wings. If you've been there. And there's still yeah, a question, when, nonetheless. When, All right. So whatever. you've heard Enter you Sandman. You, you've yeah. maybe heard uh, yeah. Give Me Fuel, Give Me Fire. <laughs> whatever that song's called and i'm you a know, big fan definitely there know you know i've seen them on on different tv programs and 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 award shows and things like that as well metallica yeah like if oh you mean when, when they lost the grammy live. to blue oyster cult or whatever yeah, the hell that exactly. was exactly. yeah okay I mean, it wasn't blue oyster cult well, who was it they lost or, a grammy or, to or maybe like hall of fame you know when they inducted into hall of fame and That's play it. or something like that well, and Lars Ulrich when he took on Napster on behalf of the artist community. All that, all right? That. All right. So you're there. So you know Lars had a had a thing for you know get artists getting paid for their music, and uh, you were a Lou Reed fan. I was a Metallica fan, Metallica cat. And um, through this journey, we've kind of come together to see that wow, this collaboration. While <laughs> Lou thought this was a no brainer, um, we really had to struggle with it. But the reason we've struggled with it back to your point, is that after Lou passed, David Bowie approached Laurie Anderson and said, hey, in time, this work, Lulu, will be seen as Lou's masterpiece. And what we've kind of discerned along the way after getting now through nine tracks, really challenging, difficult art rock is kind of what we've landed on here, is that we found through various searches on the internet and various people commenting that uh, <laughs> we are in for what should be the big payoff here. Everyone's promised that it all comes together at the end. In junior track, dad. Junior dad. It all. Okay. I'm going to maybe have to edit out what I just said, but yes, at the end of this uh, exploration, this is the song that supposedly is going to tie it all together. Lose. Uh, so what we've learned along the way is that it wasn't just, well, he was inspired by these um, plays um, that it, it it hasn't been a clean correlation all the way, and that Lou brought a bunch of different uh, things to bear. Uh, we did find out that Lou was very sick, terminally ill, in fact, and dealing with that when he was going through the recording of this with Metallica. Um, we we've learned that uh, you know, well, um, he was in a bad place emotionally, mentally, and it was coming out through the music, according to Lori. And uh, she was afraid and scared of it at the time when it was happening and distanced herself from him while he was doing this, apparently. At um, times, we've been afraid as well. We right? have, well, I've, I've woken up in a cold sweat after some of the imagery that we were discussing earlier. Um, 
And uh, what we found out, though, is that there was a lot more to this uh, in terms of Lou kind of dumping his psyche, his experiences, uh, people from his life. And what we're understanding uh, through these interviews with Lori is that he was drawing on uh, sources that were his immediate you know, family. So uh, there's been a lot of um, autobiographical um um you know what i guess uh, inspiration tied in with what he was looking at in these you know plays and in these characters from the play um we have met several of them along the way it's become one of our uh great challenges to figure out in fact as we're listening to these songs who is he talking about from the play this cast of characters and i think or, to, done- or to maybe throw out an idea of of what we think he might be referring to because certainly it's not certain you know it's not certain there were not a lot of interviews at the time that went into what the hell were you thinking on that track (laughs) no so we don't have any real evidence of what lou was thinking but no because i think there was no no real press other than what one one one-sided press coming from the band and from lou and it was this is what we did take it you're going to take we have been been as as you know as you say Chaz, that's been sort of something that that we've um, uh, attempted is, is to sort of analyze these tracks and see if we can make some more direct correlations to the characters in the Lulu plays, yes. uh, just for fun, you know, let's see if we can understand Lou's inspiration. Cause he, after all did call the album Lulu. So, and right. Uh, so it does seem to, that there is, is, uh, you know, a, a significant influence uh, direct influence of the 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 play the plays mm-hmm. the, the Lulu plays in this album and in the lyrics that that he's written for the album and that sort of thing. So and and as you well, said, we're not certain. Well, and we're not certain, but we've certainly discerned you know the themes you know blood sex you know the uh, themes are certain double the, 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 yeah all double that is certain. all that good stuff right that's all certain yeah. Yeah, anger. Uh, and I think in the last couple of tracks, we've definitely heard some anger. So, folks, if you haven't listened to our back catalog at this point, you might want to go catch up. It's pretty entertaining, um, I think. Um, I, I have a lot of fun hearing my own voice, uh, as you, you maybe can tell. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> Lots you know, of fun. Lou, Metallica, yeah. Chicken Wings. There's all sorts chicken of Chicken Wings. Chicken wings. We have mixed a lot in. This is just a, a quite a primordial goulash of, uh, you know, of of uh, a cluster, a cluster of foxes. We like to say this is fox cluster of fox. We have, uh, yes. and it is where we are in episode ten. It's led us all to episode ten, and so yeah, we've just uh, at this point, like I said, had people on the journey with us along the way. So shout out to our friend uh, Nate over at the Deep people, Purple really. Podcast, who's given us our own custom art that we're thinking, hey, we could do some merch with that. Um, so thank you, Nate, for that. And um, in fact, I think what we'll do, Greg, is once we've gotten through this last track, which you know, I think we just do you have something to... planned, Jazz, that you want to think what we're gonna about? do is have 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 our three listeners come on with us and talk about this journey we've all been on together. So fun. And we're gonna unpack it. So uh surprise uh for the next episode, we will uh announce well the first surprise is that there will be a next episode because I thought this was a 10-track uh podcast. Well, we always we were kind of squishy on that, right? We yeah, were like, well, true, you know, true. yeah. So yeah, at least we dropped 10. some hints we along the way. Right. At least a good yeah. like a good plate of buffalo wings, right? A boneless buffalo 10. chicken wings, you're gonna have you know at least 10, right? Yeah, hopefully 12. So, here today, 
the special sauce, Junior Dad, track 10. This is where supposedly we're going to get the amalgam of all of Lou's uh, influence, uh, you know, everything that influenced him about the plays, uh, all this stuff about his prior, uh, you know, his his family of origin and, you know. uh, Life, love, the universe, it all comes together. Well, all will be revealed, correct? Number 42. All will be revealed. This is the number 42 episode, if you want to look at it that way. Hitchhiker's Guide, yes. (laughs) You got it. Very good. All right. So here's the answer. So I, you know what, Greg, perfect setup without further ado. That's why we work so well together, Chaz. It really is. Now we can read each other. (laughs) Finally, right at the end. (laughs) We can do that. Yeah, by the last track we can read. Yes, we are there. All right. So I think at the last track, let's just jump into this. It's been a long journey. I know we're, we're, uh, we're exhausted. Let's do it. All right. Emotionally. Here we go. Track 10. <laughs> I'm going to sleep. Hold on. Like so many other tracks starting off dark. This is like a space odyssey. Yeah. Like it already. Mm-hmm. Oh, flavor of iced honey in there. I almost put down the pre-show uh, set list yesterday. spiritual almost right yeah yeah like a little bit of a church organ yes holy shit are we getting a real song in track 10 So I think that's going somewhere, but I got to say from the start, I'm getting chills. I like this. I like the really somber guitar part there, that, that drum. It's just, I, I really, again, it kills me being a Metallica fan. Like 
this drum sound to me is like what they were trying to do on Saint Anger that everybody hated so much because the drums sound like a tin can. But really, I think there's a there's great. an acoustic uh, resonance with what Lars has got going on with the drums. I'm just like, damn it! Yeah, the, the, the drum group that? is very nice, right? But I like this. Yeah, I love. But that I like thing. that that organ droney thing, yes. and, then, and then Lou, like, because he hasn't done much. I would say in this album for us um, vocally. Uh, you know, no, he hasn't other than make shut, us work, right? You know, he's just he's just sort of you know, mo for the most part, just sort of talking his lyrics over whatever. Yes, you're right. Yep. And he's and he's you know, with the exception of a couple of the tunes you mentioned, Ice Honey, where they they actually sing a melody and stuff. Yeah, he hasn't really done much uh, with his voice, and you know, obviously Lou Reed, you know, is is a singer and and yeah. performs songs and. And, you know, can make some really good songs uh, and use his voice to to perform them. And he's doing something here with his voice. You know, he's given us I like that that the the humming almost that he's doing at the beginning, that low droney hum that he's putting in is very cool. And you can you already hear him. He's, you know, putting more notes in than he does on yes. most of the tracks yes. where he was even going up a little falsetto. And he was like, you know. And, and and it seems like, you know, we're always when we get one of these tracks, we're not sure if it's just going to be metallic, just playing any old thing and Lou just reading the 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 lyric sheet, you know, over it, or if they're going to have something more crafted. Right. 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 Yeah. And it, it is it's just a rant or is it actually, like yeah. you said, crafted, put into put into the the classic, you know, um, verse, chorus, verse type thing. So we've not heard any of that, really. Or even just, you know, even if it's not in a traditional form, if he's going to at least do something, you know, melodically or musically. And they, they definitely have had some of these tracks where there have been parts, right, where there's yes, been right. an intro part and a, and then a, like maybe a loud rocking part and then, a, you know, another part, you know, and, and mixing it up and having several parts. So they've done that. And they're, they're such, you know, they're all such accomplished people and musicians and artists and all that, that even when they just throw something down on there there's still a lot of quality in there either lose lyrics there's some amazing stuff in there that you're like wow that was a cool line or whatever or or metallica you know oh well that was a cool like guitar part there or something yeah. even if it hasn't come together fully as a what we would consider a more fully formed song well right because we've felt several there's still times. a lot of interest you know there'll be moments where there'll be a lot of you know these guys know what what they're doing yeah, several times we've been like, man, they're just uh, they're not respecting the listener. This is unfinished. How could you have a masterpiece with unfinished stuff like this? But, you know, it's like you said, there have been these gems where it's like and you know, what we know too, right about their recording process was that Lou Reed was a one and done guy and it seems like these guys were learning as they were going along with him that we got it when we go in to improvise and jam with him, it's got to be good. Let's get some stuff down before yeah, we go. They, play I think with a Lou. lot of the, a lot of the tracks, they thought that was just a rehearsal. Right. Right, exactly. And, and Lou, Lou was, was like, like nope, no, that's we're it. done. <laughs> right. No, nope, we're moving that on, on the and album. Like, oh, and they're shit. like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> I'm singing the harmonies all out of key. What, right. You're going to leave that? Right. And Lou's like, yeah. Yeah, baby, that's that. it. That's the art. No, but then we had a really interesting discussion, I think, a couple episodes back about that, uh, where we said, you know, I mean, I think that's intentional and that's part of the art. And when, and when you, you know, you, you, 
hear it and, 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 and are, you know, it, you hear the process more, it's not yeah. finished, but it's interesting because you get more of a glimpse of process as yes. to, as, as opposed to just sort of a polished result. So, you know, I, I certainly put voice the opinion that, that this is very intentional on Lou's part. Yeah, that he yeah. did this. I mean, he, he obviously knows that, some of this stuff was rough and some of it was out of key and some of it didn't sound finished and they could have done another take. They could have tracked things in the studio. They could have done lots of things. That wasn't what he was trying to do. Apparently. No, it's almost like a masterclass before all these, you know, video masterclasses that are online. Now this is like a masterclass in like, you know, being in, in world-class, you know, artistry that, that Lou was kind of, you know, is now been, you know, revered for, you know, having created some, you know, really fine stuff over the years. So, yeah, I think it's like a, a it was almost like a deconstruction type of thing. And it feels yeah. like, I don't know with where we are, that it all was building up to this, like to this final. Well, point. we can hope, right? Let's see. Hope. So that's why so I wanted to so stop. Good. That's why so I wanted to so stop because it looks like we're at a place where there may be a transition coming, but who knows? We got, you know, what do we have? We got yeah. a long way to go. Yeah, we've got 17 minutes left in the track, so let's hit it. But I like where it's going so far. This is longer than Freebird. <laughs> yeah, but it's not longer than, uh, oh God, the last Iron Maiden record or the one before the last one, uh, the the there's a uh, we should explore just that song in a podcast it's a song about an airship a, t- a 10 episode podcast for yeah the one song. right for one song yeah okay empire of the clouds iron maiden there you go almost yeah i think there's a record i i think that song is about two minutes longer than this one hold on let's see here we go
fever burning on my forehead The brain that once was listening now Shoots out its tiresome message Okay, so I don't think we need to read the lyrics back because they were pretty audible, but it seems to me that we are getting to Lou revealing something about himself here, right there. The brain that once was listening now shoots out its tiresome message. That, that line, the first line, burning fever. Is that autobiographical? I think it is. I think that's him saying that he's sick. Burning fever, burning my for burning on my forehead. I just you know like pull me up, and be my and savior. And it's impacting his brain. Pull me up, kiss me. Like you know, he's he looking needs to for be saved. Sleep. Is he talking to like is he dying? Right. I, that's up. what I'm hearing. Right. Bring because me to we, heaven. We we heard that Lori. You know, Lori said that. You know, uh, she um as she kind of analyzed it for herself. She was like, you know, knowing that this was the last thing he was working on, he was really just you know angry and saying "fuck you" to the world. But really, this is that that man inside at the end, the scared, lonely, you know, knows he's dying, facing the end of the world kind of thing. Um, and it's coming out in this last track after he's gotten through all the emotional outbursts and putting all of his anger and you know, emotion into, you know, drawing on those characters and, you know, sharing other things. I don't know. seems to me I, like I thought that's it was what we're getting to. Really powerful. I was almost getting chills listening. I, to I, dude, I swear to God, I have chills. Yeah. Just knowing that this is the last track on his last. You know, we, we're, and, and what I kept thinking about was that, you know, is because, you know, and we went through this so slowly, right over so much time, which yeah. in some ways I feel like almost is the right way. You know, this is not an album, like we've said so many times that you like put on the turntable, crack open a couple of Bud Lights and just, you know, kick back and, and jam out to, right? It almost is a, something that, you know, to approach it the way we're approaching it feels like the right way. Read, read the source material, listen to a track, think about it, give it some time, listen to another track, think Agreed. about it, give it some time. I mean, to really see what he's done on this, this is, you just can't, you know, it, this isn't, this doesn't work as, as a piece of work that you just throw on the turntable and let it roll. And then, you know, an hour and a half later or however long it is, you know, you move on. It just doesn't work that way. It's not, you can't, you can't consume it in a way that you would a lot of other albums. No, I, I, and you're absolutely right. And this is where I've come to a place. And I think, you know, where I, uh, this is going to be a shock maybe for people who've been listening all along, but I really respect the fact now after this time, after all this time has gone by, it's taken us like four months to get through this thing. But to the point that, like, they didn't give a rat's ass what you thought of it. This is what it was going to be. Now, if they had said to people, like, you know, yeah, you're going to need you're going to need to work on this one. There's, as you just said, you know, crack open a couple of Bud Lights, sit down, but do it over time. So get yourself a case of Bud Light, put it in the freezer, in the fridge, in the garage, and then make yourself a date every, you know, once a week. Sit down and listen to a track. 
have a couple of beers and try and explore this thing. I think if that had been the marketing approach when they put this thing out, that it wouldn't have been panned and just, you know, like people but like no, me would have said, fuck this, throw it, it away. I think the problem is, is sort of number one, they have commercial uh, uh, Im- impacts uh, to, to take into consideration record contracts and sales and all those yeah, things. And, yeah. you, you know, so the record company isn't going to take uh, kindly to them saying, okay, this is not for everybody. And <laughs> you definitely can't just put it on and enjoy it. You're going to have to study it. And it's going to take you six months to get through. <laughs> Nobody's going to buy it. Right. No, nobody will buy it. Like, uh, two is this why I can't get marketing clients? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so I got weird ideas. Yeah. I yeah. think you're right. I Greg. mean, so th- there wasn't out really, there. there wasn't really a good way to do that. From no. Our, so I, I have come to a place approach. of respecting it and I defend it now. I really, you know, I've come to like, I really feel like I've come to know this record so well that like, I, I, it's like, I, I take it personally when people are like, Oh no. I mean, like I, cause I've had discussions with people when I tell, you know, what we've been doing, I've described what we do. And, you know, if, if they'd known it, they're like, oh my God, what are you doing? But I've really come to a place of like defending the art, you know? So I, I got to say that it has been tra- a transformative journey. And while no, it's not, um, you know, fodder for the billboard uh, 200, hot 200, it's not going to be a heat seeker. Um, it has something that I've, I've come to really kind of, you know, have a lot of respect for it and will, will in fact defend it. Um, and it's just been interesting learning about, Lou learning about Lori, learning about his Tai Chi, you know, his book that came out that we we talked about in some of the other episodes. Yes. Um, le- le- you know, uh the the Frank Whitakin play and and that oh, just we've yeah. we've just had a it, it's been a very there's been a lot of stuff that we've kind of brought into this and learned about that made it uh, and it, and it, and it really, you know, going into it, I don't think we, we had a ton of expectations, but it really turned out to be something much bigger, certainly than my expectations, uh, were, um, just a lot more going on. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I feel like right at, we're at the point again, the reason I took a little break there is because I think we're at another spot of transition in the music. So I think we nailed it on the first one, saw it coming. I think there's something else coming here because we still have. What do we got? You, we you've got, got your musical radar. Left. Yep. You, you're in tune. 14 Hit minutes. It. All right, buddy. Yeah. And, and that's the other thing, too. Like, I feel like I know it so well that like I'm anticipating it now. Where yeah. When we started, it was like, what the hell is going to be next? We now had no idea. Well, right. We felt like he was coming in with a billy club every week. It was like it'd be some some kind of new weapon to bludgeon us with. Um, but honestly, it's been kind of like pleasant surprise all the way. And it's been a lot of fun, but let's see now where this goes. Ready? Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Let's go. Won't you pull me up? Scalding, my dead father has the motor and he's driving towards an island of lost souls. Sunny. A monkey then to monkey. I will teach you meanness, fear and blindness. No social redeeming kindness or 
Okay, so we Laurie Anderson has said that this song is about his father. Yeah, no, and, and I that, think and what that, that he seems, has. Yeah, we dude, see that he is Alva. Lou identifies with Alva. Yeah, and he's talking to his father because what did what did Alva really learn from his father? Everything that ultimately ended up with how all those characters met their end. He kind of learned from his father and his father's designs on Lulu. And then his own. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's how deep this is. I think that's why that play resonated with him so much is because all the corruption, everything that ultimately resolved that play came from the father. Dr. Schoen. Yes. Schoen. The father of Alva. And it passed all the way through. So all that corruption. We both loved, we're in love with Lulu. Yes. Oh, to bring it back to the Dude, story. This is right? deep. All right, let's see. But but we all become our our parents too, right? And is, maybe is that Lou the... is is saying that he's become he's become his dad? Well, because think about some of his think about some of his work, right? Think about some of his, it wasn't all just you know, um, I mean, it wasn't all get a Bud Light and take a walk on the wild side. It was you know a bunch of other stuff along the way. Lou yeah. is never really that big. Uh, you know, he, he wasn't, uh, who, who did you go see last night? Michael, Michael Franti. Yeah. Franti. So wasn't all, wasn't I love Michael you. Franti. I yeah. love you. I no, love that was you. Not That's Lou. not Lou Reed. No. <laughs> and now here at the end of his life, this one line, right? Sonny, a monkey then to monkey, teach you meanness, fear, and blindness, no social redeeming kindness, or, oh, and then that falsetto state of grace. It's like so that's that's, he, is that his dad talking to Lou and he's going to teach him these things one monkey yeah. to another? I think that's what I think that's what Lou took from his father. I think that's what we're hearing here. Like that his like father all that him shit that Lou has been and his father taught him fear. Well, his father taught him no social redeeming kindness. Think about the public persona of Lou Reed. Now, even in the, the you know, Mai Tai Chi, um, you know, the, the what is Book. it? The straight line. Um, Art of the straight line. The Art of the straight line, Mai Tai Chi. Um, what we've learned is that, you know, in, in, in that book, we get a bunch of interviews with people that were very close to Lou, and they did a lot of myth busting around the public persona, but they also admitted too that, yeah, he could be difficult and he would admit that he could be difficult. Um, but he was like getting to this place through Tai Chi where he was telling people, look, if I do this, you do that, you know, go away, be away from me, you know, because I know I'm shit, right. Is kind of what I'm, I'm, Picking up from this is like he was kind of admitting all that and saying, gosh, you know, I'm at a place now where I, I want to find some grace. I want to find some peace. I don't know. We're I think we're drawing a lot into it. And then great art allows you to do that. Right. So, oh, shit. Yeah. Did I just say, OK, all right. No, I didn't you say did, great. You, art. Oh, whoa. <laughs> oh, hold on. You, right, did that art. slip out? Good did art. Slip out? Some kind of art does that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I still. But we're not saying necessarily you have not submitted. Not yet. We're not done yet. Not yet. All right, let's go. But yeah, it, I think you're right. It has great art has universal meaning. It, it, it you can relate it to lots of of different circumstances and yes. and your own life and so on. Right, right. And you know, but honestly, would we have now? Would we be doing this had we not gotten all this additional context so many years later? I don't know that we ever would have seen any of this. So, like getting to know it now again, Bowie was kind of like Bowie was, you know, kind of reading the tea leaves there, saying, "Eventually, you know, when the truth comes out, people are going to realize how great this was." 
Yeah, and I think our podcast, Chaz, if I can be so bold, Ooh. is going to be the roadmap for humanity to see, you know, what this album is. And we are nothing if not catalysts. A roadmap. For knowledge uh, and being roadmaps. A road font of knowledge. <laughs> we are nothing if not. Because <laughs> we've been, we've tried to be very, we, we've, I think we've lived up to it from the very first episode. Fair, balanced unbiased uh all that boxy <laughs> we're there and i think if <laughs> we we are the light <laughs> and we are the way the shining beacon of trust and you know hope for the future uh so it's, it's everything this is it's much this is a much bigger story we're telling here Chaz, than simply one rock album right and we are not and and there's been no chat gpt involved in this at all folks this is not ai this is human gray matter human gray matter yeah all right wolfie here we go as far as the audience knows we are both human right until we are not we're as of today and computer generated you know hologram of of two you know crazy rock fanatics and until further evidence comes forward, which, you know, could be pending at any moment, we're just going to stick with that story. Yeah. That bloody story. All right. Here we go. Would you pull me up? Would you drop the mental bullet? Would you pull me by the armlock? Would you still kiss my lips? Pick up the dream is over. Get the coffee. Turn the lights on. Say hello to Junior Dad. The greatest disappointment Age withered him and changed him Into Junior Dad Psychic savagery greatest disappointment the greatest disappointment age withered him and changed him into junior dad
yawn there, Greg. So, mm. <laughs> so, we, so this, this, you, you mentioned the Michael Franti uh, reference, who's a, you know, pop singer. And yeah. Uh, so that it's almost like I was telling you about the the show, but it, 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 it you're so you're up the whole time you're, and you're jumping and dancing for like two hours. So I'm exhausted Jess, <laughs> from last night. And this song is almost like a, a little lullaby at the end, right? It was After, really kind of lulling me to sleep there a little bit. Well, I'm telling you, man. In a good way, though. I was, violence. I was, yeah. Very beautiful. It is. It's really, you know, Metallica does that really well. They've always done that really well to be able to take the, the you know, put a harder edge to something that's really very, uh, uh, you know, kind of when you when you break it down and you play it without any distortion, very soothing, and very mellow. And um I think pretty. they're really connected to the material here. I was really I struck. I, I love, love the way. So what we're getting to, right? I mean, there's a lot to unpack there with those lyrics, like pull me up, drop the mental bullet, pull, you know, pull me up by the arm, kiss me on the lips. The dream is over. Get the coffee, turn on the lights, say hello to you and your dad. Right. So it's like, oh yeah. Uh, at the end here, um, he's kind of calling himself like a great, it seems to me he's drawing again in on himself as Alva and talking about this disappointment. Um, I don't know. I mean, was, was, I don't remember that so much, but maybe I'm, I'm not remembering it in, in the Lulu plays was, was Alva a disappointment to Dr. Schoen? You know, I don't, I don't think so. I think he's just kind of seeing like you could draw that out, that that's what Alva became was the junior version of uh, Schoen. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, I don't know about that. But clearly the disappointment uh, between Lou Reed and his own father. That's what we're getting that, here. That Lou is dealing with, which is sort of outside the context maybe of the, the play. To it is, yeah, I think so. But yeah. but uh, uh, say hello to Junior Dad, the greatest disappointment. And now age withered him and changed him into Junior Dad. So the, maybe as part of, you know, he he maybe he escaped being Junior Dad uh, for for a lot of his life, but now as he's coming to the end of his life and he's old and he's sick now, that age has withered him and changed him, and he's you know maybe his that that anger and that negativity and the meanness and the fear that was in his father is now coming to the surface and he's become Junior Dad. Well, and maybe he's kind of realizing that the public persona that he put out for so many years of just that, and he really embraced it, like as being known as a prick, somebody who's unapproachable, somebody who's very arrogant and opinionated, right? So I think we were getting through the book where I was going before is that a lot, you know, some of his, he would go through assistance, like, you know, people go through chewing gum. Um, but like he had a few at the end that it, that really hung around for a long time because he it seems like he started to soften. Right. And and so maybe this is that kind of self-reflection that you get to at the end when you realize there's no turning back and it's going to be over real soon. Like, oh, wow, maybe I should have done that a little differently. Right. I could yeah, have been interesting. Yeah. Who knows? Right. I mean, there was so much space devoted to that in the book. I'm thinking there's something to that here. Right. Yeah. That's what we're kind of getting to. But 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 he had a very difficult relationship with his dad. We know that, right? Right. That's what we know. So that's what we're like estranged, doing. right? Yeah, I think so. That's certainly what I read in a couple of interviews um, where Laurie was talking about the book, not not having known much more than that. So it would be interesting now for you as a Lou Reed fan to kind of look back on some of his back catalog and say, oh, I wonder if that's where he was coming from on that. 
Um, but here's the deal, mm-hmm. right? Now we're we're lulling ourselves to sleep and, and you need you know mm-hmm. some more lubation to get up here. I need some more coffee. We got 10 minutes left in this track. So where the hell does it go from here? Because as we've seen on the lyric sheet, we're done with the lyrics. So the lyrics are ostensibly finished here, unless he starts repeating something. So let's see where this goes. But the big transition that I thought I had, because I've come to know this so well, that didn't happen. It got softer. It went down a notch, which kind of surprised me. So uh, let's, let's see where it goes. are getting more up the dream is over get the coffee turn the lights on say hello to junior dad this is lou getting to the end of his life going fuck this is what i've become this is what i've become i'm fearing i'm i'm feeling a lot of like just remorse and regret in the music now now that we've kind of unpacked that a little bit i don't know about you yeah yeah i agree the dream is over. The dream is His over. Life was a little bit of a dream. I'm sure there was exactly a lot of aspects to it, but you know, becoming Lou Reed, you got to imagine that to some degree. That is the dream, right? Of every, the whole idea of being Lou Reed. That public... every young guitar player, every young songwriter, right? right, is to make it to that level of of acclaim and right, success. but really. At the end of the day, you're just kind of going back to your family of origin. <laughs> then, you, then you hiccup and the dream's hiccup and open. it's over. The lights come on. Right? Get some coffee. Wake up. Dream is over. Wow. All right. And the light, and the bright light is shining down on you. Yeah. So Jeez. pull me up to the bright light. Help me. Yeah, the bright light. Right. Some grace. Some saving grace. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Get, pull me to a state of grace. Yeah, he was telling people without telling them because it was still a couple of years after this until he finally died. But he was, and, and, and I think we didn't mention it, but we have previously that that we don't think that the guys in Metallica knew what right. kind of how don't sick think, he was. Right, exactly. they may have known he had he was sick, but they they may not have known you know how serious to the extent of it. Yeah, 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 and that that hasn't come out at all. Even in a lot of these post interviews, no one talks about that, like what they knew when. All right, here we go.
six more minutes of drone. That was Lou at first coming in. Started <laughs> saying that. Just fuck it, I'm done. Just have, yeah, just run that out. <laughs> I got nothing left, guys. Run that shit. Lou, Lou left the studio. <laughs> yeah. Like, just left the violin, the, the fiddle player. Let him loose. Cello? I think I could play this. Is that cello? <laughs> Rising up my bow. Play that cello hard. waiting for it to explode just waiting for something else to pop up we may not get it i don't think we are it sounded like it right you heard it you heard like the yeah. tom it's like a little tom knocking on the door there oh did you hear that it almost sounded like you said <laughs> it's been subliminal the whole time greg Oh. Would you pack 
Pull up your underwear into a wedgie. Oh. I can write some of these words. to pause and reflect at this point. What the hell did he do to us? Remembering the dude had nearly departed here. Not what I expected. The buildup we were getting from the book and others about how brilliant Junior Dad was. Feels like he's just bringing us up to heaven now. Maybe that's it. Just we're just rising. It's just the separation of the soul from the body. But here we go. And ten seconds left. Wow. So that was. Junior Dad, Greg, that yeah. was the album Lulu. So that was, what was that, about nine minutes? That was about nine minutes of freaking of, of, droning. Yeah, just that wow. cello drone or whatever that was. Yeah, to me, that's that's reflecting on his life, man. I think, and that's, reflecting on everything, that, that the brutality that we went through in this record. And maybe that's what he was saying, is that life sucks, life's brutal. You get to the end, you relax. Yeah, I mean, he he definitely gave us a, a gentle landing, right? Wow, I know it's like, and you, you know, like he laid us down to rest, like he put us to bed. Yeah, I mean, it was like, yeah, yeah you know what? Or, all or, that came and went, and it's all okay. It's gonna be okay. Go to sleep, pass off. I just, yeah, I mean, musically and and the way he was performing the the lyrics, this was the most gentle, I think, yes. of the songs. Yes, the sweetest musically lyric, you know, yeah, I mean, not lyrically so much. Not, yeah, not entirely. I mean, it was on the gentler side compared to some of the other songs for sure, but it wasn't all wine and roses for sure. But it was, uh, it was, you know, the way he performed it, he was very almost a lullaby, right? Yeah. Would you come to me if I was half drowning, an arm above? the last wave yeah so yeah and, and like the last wave right is that just like the 
that's it. Like, Hey, I'm actually done. I'm going down and like, you know, a kind of arm kind of coming out. What about this, this stanza that starts, won't you pull me up scalding my dead father? See that one? Scalding comma, my dead father, would you pull me up scalding my dead father has the motor and he's driving towards an island of lost souls. Does that mean he's he's going to hell, his father? That might be it. Would you pull and me up? Lou wants to go to his heaven. Father's like burning in hell. Yeah. In the, like while boiling in hell in in a in a you know boiling in some kind of cauldron of hell, scalding yeah, and because he's in the water here. Yeah, drowning. Oof. God, I, you know, it's honestly, it's like, wow, there's, there, there is kind of more to unpack with what he was trying to say, what, what this, what his choice of words really reveals. And then the whole, uh, sunny, but it's not sunny as in like my son, it's sunny as an S U N N Y. Um, yes. Right. Sunny, a monkey, then to monkey, I will teach you meanness, fear and blindness. Yeah. So, ah, the Island of lost souls, monkeys. Hmm. Like, a, like is that almost like a Dr. Moreau kind of theme there? But all this, what about the pull me up? Like, is he, are we, does he want somebody to pull him up to heaven? Out of it. Save me. I'm going down. I don't, he wants to, I don't belong here. He doesn't want to go to the Island of the Lost Souls. Yeah. I think you're right. Looking for. And, and then at the, the stanza near the top, would the effort really hurt you? Would you come to me? Would you pull me up? Would the effort really hurt you? Right. Is and it unfair? Is it unfair to ask you to help pull me up? Who's he talking to? That's what I'm I'm wondering, right? Because like, is it unfair to ask you? Because at this point, I've lived my life, I've done these things. And and is it fair to me to ask you after making all these choices and doing all these things? Is it fair of me to seek redemption? Is it fair of me to ask yeah. somebody to save me after I've done all of this? willfully right but then and, but and he's asking right he says he is it's like not afraid up. of the ask he's gonna do it like you know would you please right yeah pull I'm, me I'm up hearing by, a pleading in this pull me by the arm yeah um is uh, pull me up by says, the hair yeah yeah pull me by the hair pull me by the arm uh and and uh would you be my lord and savior so he he wants to be saved i think yeah, I mean, is this, he doesn't want to go to talking the, to Lori. He wants a state of grace and not an island of lost souls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Wow, this is deep, man. Would you drop the mental bullet? What does that mean? Drop the mental bullet. I don't know. But we have gotten through this entire record and, and with all the buildup to like, it all comes together and junior dad is like, well, this was really it. Lou's talking about how he had a really, you know, it's been a long ride and it's over now. And this is it. This is how I'm riding out. I don't know. But the, the, I, I, you know, you and I both had, had that experience, I think in the beginning part of the track where it was, it was almost chilling both the music and the singing and the words uh it was it was really uh pretty intense and and lyrically this is this is it's almost you know it's not explicit exactly but it no. almost is 
Yeah, I think this is of of all of the lyrics that we've dealt with here. I mean, this is uh, to me like the most challenging. Like this is the one that's most cryptic, right? Because this is and it's and it's at the end. There's I, I'm I'm having a hard time like you know drawing beyond what we've talked about earlier, right? Where there's the obvious Alva, you know, became his father toward the end. Um, but yeah, yeah, so much of this I mean, does to not me, tie I to feel everything like else. This. The way I take this, I, I don't, you know, see a lot of direct no. reference to the plays. I think this is, I'm reading this as Lou basically saying, I'm near the end and, and mm-hmm. you know. I think he was telegraphing it. Yeah, definitely. Because and, again, what we know is that he wasn't talking about being sick. So I think this was like telegraphing that. Yeah. Like, yeah. this is it. I'm done. And and then he like gave his fans something to just sit and and listen to when it's over, right? When 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 he was finally gone, just put this track on. This is where it was at for me, right? Burning fever, burning on my forehead. Burning on my forehead. That that to me is him telling the world he's sick. That's mm-hmm. what I heard in that. And I pretty much heard that immediately. But that's just me. Crazy, Greg. We I I you know what? So this is what we talked about, like, where, where would we go from here? And I think what we're going to do, the big reveal for the next episode is again, we're going to have a panel discussion with the two or three people that have been listening to us all along. And we're all going to unpack this now from beginning to end the 10 tracks, then together, all together. What did this whole thing do to us? What, what was he really giving us here? A grand finale. As you would, as it were. Yes, sir. I think we will, the big payoff, uh, we'll, we'll come in, in that discussion and it, cause it's, you know, it's been us, it's been you and me, it's been a one, you know, uh, us, you know, a sharing man, our thoughts with man. the world. Yeah. And we, we know others have been on the journey. And so we will, we'll have those folks come in and see, were they in the same place with us? What did they take from it? That was different from where we were and have they, where did they fall out at the end? So, I mean, I, I think I've already kind of you know revealed where I'm at. I, I certainly have a, a really much greater appreciation for this as a work of art and everything we described earlier. I won't go, go into that. Um, so certainly not where I started. Um, but you, you never heard it. We got through this thing. Where are you at today? Your uh, nutshell. If someone said, oh, yeah, that I've heard about that record, Lou Reed, Lulu, mm, Lou what, Metallica. What yeah. What would, what would you say? Question. What would Wolfie say? Get yourself uh, some Bud Light and carve out six months and you'll maybe appreciate it. I'd say it. <laughs> it's not for everybody. And a plate of buffalo chicken wings? I'd say, but it's, it's kind of an interesting journey, but you have to be willing to um, put some effort into it if you, if you want to dig into it it's it's not an easy listen um, how many other records in your collection or have you ever heard greg where you'd say that yeah none that are this difficult right so therefore is it a masterpiece it might be it, it might be because um, i've sometimes I've never... for a true masterpiece um you know sometimes we may have just scratched the surface we truly yeah in terms of what we understand you know, but to you, me, you like almost get that feeling well right it, it, that that you know we're just starting to get to know this and it's and, over right yeah we're, and, we're, no we're, but 
But, you know, now if we started over, knowing what we know, everything that we've gone through, everything that, you know, we would probably hear it differently the second time through. And then we hear it differently again the third time through, you know, there's a lot. So I'll give you an analogy. I took a class in college on uh, Dante's uh, Divine Comedy. Okay. You know, famous uh, uh, poem, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, about um, in three parts. uh, So uh, what was it? It's... uh, now, now I'm spacing out. I know there's Paradiso is the is the final book. That's heaven, right? Okay. Purgatorio is purgatory. Oh, you're getting there. Okay. Is the middle is the middle one, and now I'm spacing out on what the first one like is. Like a Genesis kind of thing, or like uh okay. Well, that's not important. So anyway, so I, <laughs> I that's not the point of the story. So not where we're going. I yeah, I took a I took a class on this, you know, what is considered just you know one of the masterpieces right of of um writing and 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 you know just an incredible story uh you know the story that dante tells with this divine comedy and the journey through to to you know through uh, inferno of course i, I was going to say is inferno yes <laughs> so it's it's inferno which is which is hell, purgatorio, purgatory, and then paradiso. Par- oh, uh, okay. So it starts in hell. I didn't yeah. realize so that. So it's the divine, the divine comedy. Uh, so it's a you know whatever. jokes on us, huh? It's a, it's a poem, <laughs> I guess. Um, but the professor that that we had in this class um, had studied this, you know, work uh, uh, as a student and had taken classes in it, and he said that he took a class. I think a graduate level class on the divine comedy and they only got through the first page during the whole semester long class. Yes. Right. And then at the end of the class, the professor apologized for doing such a cursory job of covering it, you know? So, (laughs) you know, my point being that maybe so much more here than me. We may have only scratched the surface and, you know, it, it could take 10 episodes just to do the first stanza of the first song, Proper Justice. You know, we, mm. you know, it could, I'm not, I'm not equating this to the Divine Comedy or, or no. Lou Reed to Dante Alighieri, the, uh, the great uh, poet. So, but um, I'm just saying that um, I, I think we, you know, we've come to the conclusion that there's a lot here and Lou's put a lot into this and, and because of of you know this coming together at the intersection of of the Lulu plays and at the end of Lou's life and then you know also uh uh these two uh groups Metallica and Lou Reed or a person in a group uh you know there's a, there's a lot of intersections there's a lot of stuff going on music you know musically and uh lyrically uh with this uh, to unpack, as you say, and this one to me is is very, you know, I thought a lot. There was a lot of interesting lyrics, and, and Lou Reed is certainly a good lyricist uh, and writer. But the this one is pretty. This one seems a bit more profound uh, yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. I think with some of them, I, I almost feel like you know he was taking us through a cycle. This is clearly a, this is not 
a set of 10 songs. This no, is... it's like a grief cycle. You're absolutely yeah. right. I had that thought when I was sitting on the beach. Yeah. The, the so moments of anger and lashing yes. out and fury yeah. and killing and murder and you know and and so and of psychic savagery greg may can i be so bold the entire record has been psychic savagery yeah i get yeah um and and musically you know he's stirred at times metallica up into you know full force gale of of metal music and other times especially on this track in particular he's he's brought it to absolute you know, you could see I almost fell asleep during that last section. It was <laughs> yeah. it was so well, soothing. Yeah. It, I mean, he soothed us, right? Yeah, it was I, like an Irish funeral. I mean, like an, was, uh, not not was, an Irish funeral. That'd be a lot of drinking involved. But you know, um, he was calming know, was, us, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. Soothing like us. again, yes, putting us to sleep, laying us to rest, letting it, letting it just now lie, metaphorically laying us to rest. Yes, and then and then literally laying himself to rest. Yeah. And that to me is, um, that gives me chills just thinking about that, right? Just that, yeah. that idea of that's really where he was, right? And, and two, so I, I think what I've kind of come to, like with what you just described with your, you know, collegiate experience there with Dante's Inferno, um, I'm, I'm like here thinking to myself, you know, because we were like, well, masterpieces shouldn't be, you know, you, you shouldn't have raw material. It shouldn't be messy. It should be this fine masterwork. I'm not there anymore. I'm thinking it's, to me, this is something that was so profoundly different than anything I've ever had in my catalog, anything I've ever sat down to listen to as a music fan, doesn't matter what genre, right? That that that's where Bowie was coming from. Like this is a masterpiece and this will be seen as his masterpiece. Why? Because if you're really going to appreciate it, you've got to do what we, you've got to spend time with it. Now, Chaz, are you saying, are you calling it a masterpiece now or are you quoting I'm, Bowie? I'm kind of there, man. I'm kind of agreeing with David that a masterpiece doesn't need to be white, clean, and neat. You know, I mean, no, a masterpiece is not. something that is, to me, right? And I haven't Googled this, and I haven't run it through, you know, chat GPT. But to me, what I'm taking from this is that to be a, a masterpiece is something profound, something that touches you in a way nothing else has, that has is like unprecedented, like so was the first, Right. So it doesn't need to be the best. It just needs to be that type of innovation, that, that, that type of innovative, that type of. But, but we also talked about we thought, you know, the intentionality by Lou of, of showing us the warts. On now, this. I think it was very intentional. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, think... it wasn't be obvious. I mean, we know with absolute certainty it wasn't because they didn't have any time in the studio to clean it up. Right, they, they couldn't had afford the time. They, they had the ability. You know, there, there are people, right, who musicians who go into a studio and they can only afford to pay for eight hours of studio time, so they do what they can do, right? And, right, and, right. And, that's and we what found out with. they recorded this in Metallica's studio, so out in San obviously Francisco. that is not the case, right? You know, they, uh, you know, we've heard Lou Reed's records, we've heard Metallica's records. They obviously are both wealthy, wealthy, successful, you know, pop not pop, but, but, but rock and, and mu musicians. And well, and they've all got vision. They've all yeah. got vision. And so they could, you know, if the vision was to make this, you know, perfectly clean and smooth and, and neat and tidy and every harmony perfect and every guitar line where it should be and every drum lick 
you know, perfectly polished. They had the means and the know-how and the engineers and the studios and the technology and the skill as musicians to make it that way. They didn't, they clearly, this is intentional to have all these warts on it. I think this is analogous to life, Greg. I think that's what he was trying to do is like show that life is a is a collection of moments, right? There are pivotal, there are things that happen, right? So this is why he kind of, I, I, I'm this is where I'm getting with this is that this is really a reflection of his life and this from beginning to end. And it was messy. There were moments of brilliance, there were moments of disaster. And it's all there and captured, like you said, warts and all. Because there were truly moments where we were like, wow, that was incredible, right? For both of these bands. Right? For, so for Lou as an artist and Metallica as a band, there were moments where they did things they never did before. And they they were borderline. To me, it was like, oh, if they had spent time polishing that, that would have been greatness, right? So I think that's kind of where this is. Is like, so Lou was just bringing in the brutality and the utter, you know, shock of, you know, yeah, there are things in life. He was keeping it real. He was so real that he had to go that far to be that extreme, to be able to convey that life is this, you know, graph, you know, if you were to graph it out, it's a series of massive ups and downs. And you get to the end here and you kind of think, oh, I've, I've been to this and I've done this and I've been all this. But, oh, at the end of the day, it's really coming back to. Wow, this is it, it, it. This was the gift of life that I was given, and this is what I did with it. And shit, it's over. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think I'm maybe kind of lost there, but to me, that's kind of what this. This was like a sum of his life. Yes, and he just used the the really graphic representations from Lulu because he's always done stuff like that. He's always been kind of shocking, but he was really trying to make a point, right? It's all about I'm, the choices. I'm trying to find this quote. So um, I, I told you about the, my philosophy reading group, which is, which is, <clears throat> we have a meeting today. Yes. And, and one of the things that we were reading is Thomas Hobbes, who's a, a an English philosopher. Sure. Um, and he has a quote that comes to mind that I, I think sort of fits this, which is uh, life is solitary, poor, nasty, brutish, and short. Wow. Wow. Or nasty, brutish, and short is yes. sort of main things. I mean, not- some Hobbesian uh, philosophy to wrap up our exploration of Lulu. I, I do not think you are far off the mark at all. I think you hit that spot on, dude. Wow. That's interesting. Absolutely. All right. Well, we made a commitment to ourselves that we were going to go through this one, do it live, one and done. No editing. Do it live. We did it live, baby. The last episode, truly. All live, warts and all. We're posting this one out. I'm going to add the intro, going to add the outro. Oh, wait a minute. Before we go, we have our friend Corey. We have some business the, to take care of. Yeah, we got some business to take care of. The podcast will rock. Co-host Corey coming in here to tell us all about the Deep Dive Podcast Network that we are a part of. Corey, what do you got for us this week, baby? Very quickly, I'll run down the shows for you myself. 
John Mariano and Scott Haskin do a show called Backtracks Aerosmith Revisited. Uh, myself Ooh. and John also do a show, Backtracks Theme Music, talking music and movies. Uh, Scott Haskin does the Right Heap, the Magicians podcast. Nate and John at the Deep Purple podcast. The Simple Men at Skinnered Reconsidered. Terry T-Bone Matley at T-Bone's Prime Cuts on the other side. Riot's Sabbath Bloody Podcast. Paul Joan David at In the Lap of the Pods. Andy and Matt at Hawk Binge. Eric and Jonathan at Maiden A to Z. Daniel and Josh at Diary of the Mad Men, the Ultimate Aussie Podcast. Ben and Sam at Universally Speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers Podcast. George and Hattie at Judas Priestcast. Clay and Riot North by South Podcast. Greg and Jonathan at So Far, So Pod, So What, talking all things Megadeth. Kevin Brown at the Tom Petty Project. And Kevin with his good buddy Randy Woods at Seaside Pod Review, talking all things Queen. Quinn at And Volume for All. Sav Nick, Stephen Mark at the Rock Roulette Podcast. And Chaz and Greg at Regarding Lulu. And don't forget to support... Our other friends like the Sean Geek and Fast Fred podcast, You're All Doomed, a Friday the 13th podcast. Of course, the DLR cast and the Bogus Otis show, Pot of Thunder, still the uh, recognized symbol of excellence of rock and roll podcasting, Booked on Rock with Eric Sandage, and Dissect That Film. Woo! All right. That was awesome. Man, and it's been a journey. So, Greg. Wow. We're here. Shit. We did it. We made it. it to the finish line. Oh, we did. And I'm like, I'm so exhausted. I don't even want to promote anything we've got it's, going on. But you've got great a big... being on this this journey with you, though, Chaz. Dude, it has been incredible. Thank you so much for what you, you what you've endured here. I think we're both older, wiser, uh, you know, a little more aware now. And beaten I, I think, down, lifted up. Everything. You know, I think we have been beaten into a place of like appreciating what we've got a little bit more every day it's that's so, kind of where i'm at yeah i mean it's so interesting you know now uh, thinking about it a little bit more after experiencing that last track which was was really great uh uh different than what i was expecting didn't uh, expect that at all based on the build-up no i thought this was going to be some great metal masterpiece we talked about over and over again so many of these tracks where lou just beat us over the head musically and busted our kneecaps right? hit us in the balls oh god he pulled I mean, out every trick. Mu- musically and lyrically, just, you know, really. Went for uh, the throat. Yeah. It went, yeah, for the jugular. And, yep. he, and, he, and he pounded us. And and we, you know, some of the some of those tracks, you know, you you, you famously in, in, in prior episodes would talk about needing a shower. You were, you know. <laughs> yes, I'm still a little dirty. <laughs> others, we just felt, you know, just anguished or beaten down, you know, <sighs> and. And then this one, I mean, it's the exact opposite, right? He just, he sang a lullaby to us in a lot of ways. Yes, yes, yes. He made, a, he made us think. And then he just floated us away into, you know, forever. I know. And, and you know, and I don't feel eternity. sad. That's the word I meant. Floated us away to eternity. Yeah. I, and I'm not, I'm not sad. I, you know, I didn't, I'm not, um, you know, I'm, I, I, but we don't we, need a shower. We I don't, don't need a shower. No, down. I think we've gone through all that. I think, you know, we've, it, again, what, what did, what did Mr. Hobbs say? Life is what? Uh, life is, uh, yeah, brutish, nasty, and short or something. You know, and I think if anything, right, I mean, yes, it's taken us four months to get through this, but I'm like, wow, it's already here and it's over. Wait, you know, the dream is over. Get some coffee. It's like, wow, I'm walking away from this having Turn the lights back on. Well, I think if anything, what I've got is, you know, an appreciation for what I have. And I need to go upstairs and kiss my wife and kids, you know, I think. And and really kind of think now about some of the things that I have going on in my life. And, you know, is that really when I get to the end? 
Do I want to be sitting here thinking back about, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, this, this journey I've been on and, and, and am I, am I going to be need, you know, do I need saving? Am I going to be going down into a, a river, you know, an Island of lost souls, or, or am I going to find that state of grace? And, and I think if anything in this life, if we can find things that help us pause and reflect and help us ultimately become better human beings by showing us the ugliness or the brutality that we, you know, that, that it is our, our nature, Right, which I think he was kind of conveying in this is like you know, uh, you know what 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 uh, what you give begets, right? That kind of thing. It's like I I think I've got like a new appreciation for for what they were trying, what he was very singularly trying to do with working with Metallica to create this thing. This what I'm coming to now defend as a masterpiece. I, I do. I, none other. I have got no other strong opinions on any of Lou Reed's work. This one I do. I absolutely do. And I'll tell you what, I mean, I've gone back and I've listened to through, you know, uh, our our journey here. I've gone back and listened to Lou's back catalog. And there's certainly plenty of fine music in there. It wasn't all shit like I was claiming early on. You know, I um I can appreciate where he was as an artist and the various phases he went through and the the music he created, but I've got no strong opinions on any of that like I do this. And quite frankly, even on Metallica's work where I'm a huge fan and love their new record and love what they, you know, their old records. And I love what, what they've become as people, you know, in, in their public personas and how they've changed and how they're much different as individuals in the media than what they were when they were alcoholica, when they, when they, when they were out influencing, you know, the young Chaz Charles, man, um, they've gotten to a place like I have where, wow, you know, life, life is brutal. Life hits you, life molds you, life shapes you. And at the end, and it's right, nasty it's and short. This, it's nasty and short, and you maybe should appreciate shot while you've got it, and do something different if you don't like. You know what? You making me think about Chaz in in talking about um, Lou Reed's work in particular is that I feel like as a younger guy, as a young musician, as a middle aged musician, um, he was writing for his audience. He was putting out records that he thought people would like and that people would listen to and maybe that would get some airplay on the radio and that would sell some tickets. You know, I think he was a professional musician. He had made his career. Sure. He knew how the business worked. Sure. And, and so I think he was, you know, writing his music. I think it came from the heart. I mean, that's the kind of guy he was, you know, I think it was, but he was making it in such a way that it was going to be accessible, enjoyable, uh, something that people would want to buy, listen to, all those things. And clearly, I would say with this, he was not doing that. And he maybe was really just making this for himself. Yeah. Himself and a couple people close to him. Yeah. I mean, this he, clearly that he was not obviously not intending this for a mass audience. Um, and was not intending this to get airplay on the radio and was not intending this for people to, you know, buy and enjoy and, and, you know, play his songs and, and, you know, in the way that most of his other stuff that he made in his career, um, was so, you know, he, yeah, that, so that's creating a masterpiece. It's an interesting question, right? Which is, yeah, he, 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 the other audience. So what, I guess my question really is what I'm framing is, is who was his audience that he was writing for. And, yeah. 
I think clearly he was writing for himself. I think you're mm-hmm. probably right. He was writing for some close people close to him, Lori and, and, you know, people close to him, Enclosure. Uh, but m- probably m- himself more than anybody. And then uh, the question is, was he writing for posterity? Yeah. I, you know what? And that last track and that drone, that to me gave me some closure. It really did. Gave us that chance to reflect. And yeah, I really do feel like we've completed this journey. We've done a really good job with it. Um, I think, you know, as, as any fans, you know, as great a job as any fan could of, you know, trying to really understand where the artist was coming from, but to the point, right. We've got one more show in us, at least we're going to go through and get other people's opinions. And so we'll, uh, unpack this with our, our vast community of, uh, uh, listeners uh, and fans lubricate what do we call them lubators or no we got metallic lubricators and, and lubricators not lubators we don't want to lubate we're not going to get together for a big lubate session no, no. <laughs> the next time the, the, we meet the, the lubricators regarding lulu we will not be that would be a good band name right the lubricators the lubricators yeah if it doesn't already exist you know in this day and age yeah i would imagine there's a band out there called the lubricators but if but not we would, maybe that's we our would super spell group. it we would that's our super it. group L-O-U. That's it. And, and well, there Lube. you go. That could be our distinctive, and you know, lubricators.com. And then we can, you know, I think maybe uh, we can reimagine Iced Honey as our first single. How about that? Oh, yeah. That would be our theme song. That's it, baby. All right. Well, hey, until next time, we will uh, uh, bring in and uh, unless, of course, we, we have to stop and pause. Do you have any gigs you need to promote there for Accidental Breakdown? Uh, we have a couple uh, public things uh, booked in in September, um, okay. but um, I'll, I'll put those uh, off maybe till the next time. The next time, uh, but okay. August is is got a couple of private shows nice. that we're doing, so it'll be fun. Nice. Not August. You're gonna sorry. be grabbing some. Privates I'm giving ahead to August. That's July. Nice. Sorry, July has. A oh, party. you're going to be grabbing some privates in July. That's good. Good to know. Yeah, we'll be grabbing some privates. Grabbing in July. them by the privates. That's it. And probably there'll probably be some bookings in August too that we're and working on right out. now. But we've got uh, a couple things uh, lined up in September awesome. already too. Yeah. Great, great. Yeah, so, Steel Revenge. So you find out all about Accidental Breakdown at facebookcom slash breakdown and. Uh, likewise, over here with Steel Revenge, we uh, we grabbed some privates last week. We had a, a gig uh, yesterday, and we've got one coming up uh, September 8th at Spirits Music Hall in lovely Johnstown, Colorado. So if you're local, come on out and party with us. But we can you can find out more. We're booking stuff in between as well at Facebook.com. Next stop, Red Rocks, right, Chad? Steel Revenge. Yes, sir. You know, someday I'll take that yeah. Brian May Red special, get up there and jam out. Do it live. And we're going to do it live, baby. So join us next time, folks. Thank you. When for we're live this. again. We're going to do it live. And we're done. Cool, man. Dude, we did it. We did a lot. We're still recording, though. I am. I'm going to shut it off right now. Stop recording. Stop recording.